you everyone for joining in on our first coffee chat series. So today's session is going to be very late and this is the first time we are actually running our webinar series. So, so today's session is light and refreshing and we're very happy because we actually have our board of advisors, some of our board advisors with us, so all of you are very lucky. So we have Afifa, who is the Head of Governance and Integrity in PLUS Malaysia. She advises boards and management from both the and public sector on the effectiveness of their governance, sustainability and also climate, climate change management framework. She has a fair share of experience in the equities and derivatives area with Kananga Investment Bank and also consulting with PwC. She is one of the founding members for Lean in Malaysia and she believes in empowering women is the key to economic empowerment coordination. And next, we also have Hunter with us. She is the Head of Marketing and ADA, which is part of She has ample experience in branding and marketing area. She played pivotal roles in strategic transformational projects uh, at PwC's rebranding exercises and also pioneered PwC Malaysia's digital marketing efforts. She's an advocate in diversity and inclusion. And last but not least, we also have Sharmila, who is also a founding member of Lean Malaysia. She is a lawyer and she has her own law firm. She has she was called to the bar in Malaysia, to the bar Malaysia in 2004 and is an advocate and solicitor of the High Court of Malaya. So she has several experience of working in civil and commercial litigator in some of the most prominent law firms in the country. So she has worked over a few years on gender diversity and inclusion agenda in Malaysia. She is an advisor in AWC Development Berhad, which powers Lean in Malaysia and is the past chairperson for the Gender Equality Committee under the Kuala Lumpur Bar Committee. We all know that our movement control order has been extended, officially announced last week. And, and I'm sure all of us are still very overwhelmed by what's really happening and really adjusting to all this new normal. And even uh, uh, we had a session last week with Steph, Afifa and Sham. So Tifa did mention something to me about how she is she is part of like an employee. She's a she's a boss, she manages her staff. So for her, it's also something to try and understand your staff who has kids. So for me, I don't have kids. So I, I don't understand, uh, I don't know how to handle um I don't know how people with kids handle it. So and I think the biggest question everyone has is definitely for a working mother. Uh, how does a working mother manages work and then at the same time manages uh, your kids. So of course this question Steph, uh, we will be very happy to hear you do an opening about how do you adjust to this new normal as a mother and also as someone who is a head of marketing at ABA, I'm pretty sure your workload is crazy. So it's really about how do you manage it and I think this will be very helpful to a lot of us. Okay, hey, so for me, you know, I guess this is definitely unprecedented, right? Working from home all the time. Kids are here all the time. And this is my elder daughter with me. Um, I must say I'm blessed, I think. And maybe it's because I've made a very conscious choice. For my past two jobs, I made sure that the place I'm joining gives me flexibility. So it's if I was to have to clock in and be present in the office at certain hours, it just wouldn't work for me. As a parent, I need that flexibility. So in my current organization, I'm very blessed that it's kind of understood, you know, that I'm going to be juggling 
sorry, um, my family and work. Um, and so I don't actually feel bad about it. Yes, it's an adjustment. Um, I have to get used to it, but I don't feel bad about it. Um, and I can give my team members that same kind of, you know, flexibility. I've got a mom on my team with, who has a young baby. So that's even more difficult. Um, but, you know, so one of the things I realized as we were preparing for today's session is that not everyone has that luxury, right? There are still a lot of organizations where it's a bit of a taboo, um, like, oh, shut the kids away, you know, they're not there. Um, so, and everyone, but at the same time, because of COVID-19, everyone's talking about this new normal. So for me, what I want to say is, let's make this the new normal, right? And for the first time, we're kind of equalized, whether you're a CEO middle management, a junior member on the team, we all have families. Uh, I know some of you are single and alone, and that's a whole other issue to deal with. But for many people, we've got families, you've got a significant other, uh, you've got pets, um, you've got other responsibilities. This is the way it's going to be, right? Uh, so let's remove that stigma. Uh, we need to embrace it and accept it. Um, again, you know, I think leaders must role model this. So I'm very lucky that my CEO sent us a message the other day. He was at a board meeting virtually. In front of him, his daughter and a friend were jumping up and down on the sofa. Uh, so he shared that picture and it just makes us realize like, hey, it's okay, right? Uh, I was on a call with uh, my colleague the other day, you know, his country head of our Indonesia office, and his daughter was banging on the door yelling, let me in, <laughs> uh, you know, but that happens. And the nice thing is, interestingly, these are all guys. Um, so it's not just a woman's thing, right? Yeah. We all have to deal with it. So let's make this uh, an, the way ahead, the new normal uh, ahead for working parents and working professionals. Yeah, I think that's very nice to describe it as a new normal. So you mentioned just now that uh, when you had a virtual meeting call with your CEO and your kids, uh, the back banging, you know, you know, saying let me in and things like that. So for Afifa, I guess this goes to you uh, in the sense that you manage your staff, right? And I'm sure you have multiple meetings with your staff. So how do you deal with um, your staff who are in the meeting and then, you know, they have kids in the background? What do you feel and, and how do you compassionate on this or even um, think from, you know, from their feet or things like that? So I agree what uh, Steph was saying that this should be the new normal. If we can do it now, why can't we do it in the future? Um, I think companies are maybe my background because I come from a GLC. I think a because this is the first time people ever work from home um, inside my company, for example. So they're quite impressed with the performance um, of the staff. Like, hey, I can't believe you can be productive as well. So uh, I think this is great that the fact that we can demonstrate productivity even from home. And I think um, because the previous organization I was before already practices this. So now it's really inculcating and make sure that the majority embraces this. But going to your point, right, um, I think it's really having a bit more understanding of the situation that your staff is in. I think a lot of bosses um, I have to remember first and foremost, we're working through a period of crisis. Secondly, is that not everyone has potentially the same space as you, the same, um, I think, uh, when, I, when I mention space, I, I mention physical space, right? I, mean, I can work from my living room and it's quite large, but my staff, for example, might be in a smaller apartment and she did confide to me. Her apartment is small, her baby is sleeping next to her working computer, right? So that 
possesses some sort of challenge during work. But as a boss, I need to understand what she's going through. Um, and I think we need to be personal in this time. I think a lot of organization and a lot of bosses always want to create that separation. Of course, there are boundaries. Um, don't get me wrong. But during this time, we need to be more personal in understanding the circumstance. I think as a boss, and if you're a boss, um, why not just spend like maybe one minute or just even five minutes? Like actually, how many kids do you have? Um, how's your working space like? Um, that's why initially during the period of MCO, I suggested that we do video conferencing for all sessions. Um, and we did that for one week. It, so I sort of during the video, you can see the workspace. Um, you can, um, you know, you can see the kids running around. So that also increases your empathy um, as a boss. But I do notice now with time, people are just shutting off their videos. So as I was preparing for this session, it occurred to me that potentially we could now start to make sure we, you know, appear ourselves on video most of the time so that we can check um, on each other um, as well. Um, and I'm glad to say, um, I would, uh, I think I'm glad to say that other bosses are also embracing, I think, what I'm doing. I would share with other bosses as well in different departments. Hey, um, I think I heard that this staff, um, the husband is a policeman, uh, may not necessarily have this, uh, you know, that kind of support. Um, do you think um, we can maybe run some tabung kilat, for example, or um, I think flash donation for these uh, individuals? So understanding what your staff goes through and you know, um, understanding their physical space, their limitations is important for you then to be able to project, um, I think, your um, expectations um, on them because it needs to be reasonable at the end of the day. So I, I think Sham, as an owner of her own firm, potentially goes through what I'm going through as well. How best we manage to stay productive, but also remember that everyone's going through a crisis. Everyone has different challenges during this period of time. That's true. I think at this point, Right, um, compassionate and empathy is such an important value to actually even uh, really walk the talk and really have compassionate and empathy for everyone, especially during this trying times. So thank you so much uh, for, for highlighting on your perspective, perspective as a boss. And I think I want to go back to uh, Steph for a bit. In terms of, um, you know, everyone always say like, oh, working mother and things like that. So. I think we're also very interested to find out how did you share the load with your husband? Because, you know, you yeah, you have to work and you have to take care of your kids. But at the same time, um, you know, your husband is also, you know, shares with you this your kids and and it's about sharing the household loads and you know, all the chores and things like that. So maybe you can share your experience on how you manage that with your husband. Yeah. So, you know, again, I think... Uh... It's a good thing I married a guy who was willing to, you know, be an equal partner. And um, I told him, I don't cook. I mean, I can if I'm forced to, but I don't. <laughs> uh, you know, and uh, so he's quite okay with that. And he does the weekly groceries, actually, because he likes going to the wet market. Uh, so he does that. <laughs> um, but, you know, I think um, it's important that when you uh, decide to have a family, um, get married, you know, very often when you're about to get married and you're, you know, you're so in love and you're just so happy, everything's great. The last thing that you're going to think about is, hey, what's, what happens when, you know, we actually have kids? What is life going to be like? How are things going to change? Um, many people, I think, don't have those conversations. Um, and it's important to have them, to set it up up front, you know, to know if you're both on the same page. Uh, and if you're not on the same page, what does that mean? How are you going to address and accommodate each other? 
So I think a lot of people, I mean, there are people who do go into a marriage knowing that and there are who don't. So I would encourage people to be very conscious about that. Um, so in terms of how do we split responsibilities, I, I guess we both um, give and take. You know, like I say, he goes to, he does our weekly groceries. Uh, he knows that I don't cook. Um, I'm a very organized person, so I'm great with uh, organizing the kids' schedules. I know exactly what, what class is when. He's lousy with that, so I don't bother him with that stuff. Um, but yeah, you know, I think it's about uh, equal, taking an equal share and just playing on each other's strengths uh, and being understanding to each other. Uh, of course, it's not ideal, you know. There are times when it's tough, we argue. There are times when I feel like I do more. He probably thinks he does more, but yeah, it's a work in progress. Yeah, so it's definitely a work in progress. And I think when both both parties shares the responsibility, you're empowering each other in, you know, in every aspect as well. I just want to add also, you know, we um, do outsource. So uh, we have a live-in helper. I'm very, very blessed to have her. I think we're so lucky we have a live-in live -in helper, someone we can trust. She helps a lot. Um, and I can't imagine, you know, if I had to come home and cook and clean, it would be even more difficult. I know lots of women who do that, and that's not easy. Uh, and we don't have to worry about childcare as well, um, because luckily enough, you know, my mother-in-law is just around the corner. She does help us out with that. Um, uh, so there's all this extra help that we get, and I'm just so thankful for it. And I do outsource. I'm not going to say that I'm going to do everything. I can't. Yeah. So what happens for a family who couldn't outsource, like doesn't have that luxury to outsource. So what would your, what would you advise or probably maybe Afifa has helped out your staff who, you know, just too tight on so many things. How does the hus how does husband come into play as well? Yeah. So, so I think like Steph was highlighting the fact that he's blessed to have an equal partner. So um, when I came to my company, I, you know, uh, when my staff confides in me, yes, they can balik awal. I'm speaking in Malay, right? Because that's how they complain to me is always, I have to go back home because they need to cook. Um, I think that's fine. But sometimes like, oh, the husband complains that they work at night um, with their laptops. And, and I ask them like, but do you really want to work? And they'll go like, yes, I want to. Uh, but you know, how do I? So they do confide in me like, you know, husband ni memang perangai, for, I mean, Quoting perangai template lelaki Melayu. You know, so how do you address these kind of questions? And it's not easy to have that initial um, conversation, especially, um, I think I can just relate to some of the experiences. I mean, it's okay if you have that conversation at the start of your relationship, but now you're halfway through, right? You have three kids. Um, and I think uh, it's how do you get men to embrace uh, these messages? And we always start with, I mean, I always suggest with having a slow talk, I think a small talk and at the end of the day, I think using personal experiences, um, of course, I don't have kids, but I always say like if you're, I mean, speaking to your husband about the future of your girls, right? What kind of household you want your girls to grow in? Do you want your girls to think that there is an equitable future in the future, that she can have a future? And I think it's a difficult conversation. Of course, this goes on personal territory and it's not a comfortable thing for staff to divulge to their bosses. But I think um, through personal interactions, uh, that's what I advise uh, my staff. And I think there's a question here of talking about, you know, there's a problem in Malaysia specifically. And I agree, uh, culture in Malaysia is a bit more conservative. There's traditional expectations um, on what 
um, not just mother, mother-in-law, but even for me, I'm a daughter, right? I have certain, um, I think, expectations, what I need to fulfill to my parents. And though some of it we embrace, and in fact, we're very proud of our Asian culture. Asian culture is something that we can cherish. Um, and it, it provides certain value that we respect um, the elders. Uh, we cater to them. Um, I, uh, we are loyal to them, for example. But uh, we cannot deny that certain parts of it may hold us back. Um, the question that, that everyone I think needs to be aware of is which part of it that you feel is restraining your ambitions, is restraining your, I think, pursuit for something better. Uh, you need to be able to identify this. Um, um, so I think what I wanted to say is that don't be ashamed of culture. Um, embrace it. But at the same time, if there are injustices, you see, um, you see, for example, your as a, as a wife, you're doing 100% of the housework um, and your man is just replying to WhatsApp conversations in a group and not pulling their weight, right? I think it's time to have that conversation, um, slow and steady. Um, I always say I moonlight as a relationship counsellor <laughs> outside work, but yes, have that conversation. It's not easy, but have the first step, right? And progressively, because change does not take overnight. Yes, that's very true. Have an open conversation and I hope that answers to um, Koyi and also Amanda who actually highlighted about culture because Amanda was asking about how do you change mindset among the men in our lives who may not be supportive of equal share of responsibilities. And this includes bosses and husbands as well. So uh, she wanted something with someone with a real example to share your story. So uh, I think Afifa has kind of highlighted some of it and it's really when it comes to mindset and culture, it's really about having that open conversation with your other half, uh, like how Steph has had it before she even married her husband. She mentioned upfront like, okay, this is how I am. And I think it's about accepting both, both sides. I think everybody got really excited when we started bringing husbands into the picture. Um, Alright, so let's just proceed. Uh, we will be happy to answer some questions as well. So do just keep uh, typing your questions in. We will pick a few to actually answer. Um, maybe Sham can also share uh, a little bit on um, mindset changing for, uh, in terms of working from home and also highlighting some of their questions about, you know, the equality between uh, men and also female in terms of all this that is happening. Okay, sure, no problem. <clears throat> I think the first thing I want to uh, address is, um, in terms of my own firm, the first thing I did when they announced the uh, first MCO, the first year of the MCO was I, I told my staff, you know, take half day off because you need to go and get your groceries and you need to sort your kids out and your parents. So what we did is we came into the office in, in the morning and we sorted out all our work. I said, take all your files home and we'll communicate uh, you know, via WhatsApp or uh, Zoom. Uh, and they all went home at 12 or 1 o'clock uh, to sort their own personal stuff out. And what we did was we started uh, having WhatsApp conversations and Zoom meetings. I'm not the kind of boss that likes to uh, uh, micromanage. So my lawyers are very independent. My staff are very independent. And they get things done and then they report back to me. And I'll ask questions. So I have a, a young mother in my, in my firm. She's, she's got a young child and I think she initially was struggling with the working hours per se because uh, she came up and she spoke to me and she said, look, I can't respond to your emails and your WhatsApp messages at the time because I'm taking care of my kid. So I can only work after 11 p.m. 
I will do whatever I need to do and then I will email you after 11 p.m. And I'm absolutely fine with it. So I think it's a communica- communication again. If you're in a culture, if you're in a company that does not have that culture, then it's something for you to consider. Uh, you know, you need to reconsider your position in such, uh, you know, an organization because if you're, if you're married, if you've got sick parents, if you've got, uh, you know, an invalid at home, things, this is the new, uh, this is how it's going to be post MCO. Things have changed, whether we like to admit it or not. I think the work culture will change here on. It is not going to be, uh, okay, MCO is lifted and we go back to normal and everything is back to the way it used to be. It is not going to do, that's not how it's going to be. So we've got to accept that a lot of our work is going to be online. I think face-to-face engagements are no longer going to be the way it was. We're not going to have these meetings that we usually have. And, you know, we need to adapt. We need to change the way we work. We need to redefine what uh, productivity means to us. Yeah. And, uh, and I think we're resilient enough to, and fluid enough to, to, to change communicate as much as you can with your spouses, with your parents, with your partners, with your bosses, with your colleagues. If you need help, ask for it. That's my, uh, that's my advice. Thank you so much, Sham. Yes, that's very true, actually. I think communication right now is very, very important, especially if we don't get the face-to-face um, communication. And we're about to go into the next part, and I think Prasanna uh, has brought it up, and Afifa has also replied a little bit, uh, just for everyone's everybody's benefit. So how do we keep work-life lines from getting blurred? Because I think my personal experience, I had one time when I was working from 8am to 10pm as well. It's just like, you know, some of us are unable to detach from, from work because where you live, where you relax, where you sleep, where you eat is also where you work. But I mean, back when we have offices, we can, you know, you can separate it very clearly. Okay, work at the office is at the office. I can leave my laptop at the office and I'm not going to do anything. But right now, we sort of bring, we're merging everything together. Yes, it's effective at one point. Like for me, I don't have to travel so much um, to, to go to work. I save up about two hours, I would say, to actually do extra things. But I think at the same time, there are people who find it very hard to draw a line. So maybe, um, Afifa, you can share from your point of view as a boss, how do you manage your staff and what are the expectations that you actually have from them? I think what needs to be clear is that yes, I have my own staff, but I also have someone that I report to. And I think a lot of us go through that. Yes, we are managers and we control, even even though I'm a head of a department, I control like six, um, manage six individuals, but I still report um, to my managing director, my chief of staff, for example, right? And, um, and I remember being in a position of people being managed um, as well. And in fact, I agree. Um, people, because you're at home, people would assume and think, but what else does this person have to do at home? Especially I'm single, right? So people would say like, um, yeah, just finish that one up. Maybe just share to me, right? What else have you got to do at home? But I'm like, uh, you know, I need to clean my house. I'm extremely paranoid during this period. I bleach my doorknobs and whatnot. So I need time for cleaning. I need to cook. I don't order out. Because, um, so I'm a bit anxious this season and I've been talking to people about it. Um, like if I get delivery, I need to clean my bags and whatnot. So I try to limit contact with other people. So that imposes time. I need to clean up a bit more. Um, you know, setting time to work out and even enjoying your 20 minutes of Netflix um, if I can. And so this is 
you know, you add this time, it's actually a lot of time. But, you know, certain people sometimes expect that, hey, um, just deliver whatever you're doing because you're not doing anything else. I think that's a wrong uh, message um, to have. And I think it's slowly, um, your role is to challenge whoever have this kind of, I think, mentality. And it's okay to push back, but you do have to push back a bit with courtesy, right? So maybe Prasarana, I think your, your question, Prasarana, sorry, your question was, um, how do you put the boundaries? So I always try to um, understand what is more urgent and what is less urgent. Firstly, priority, right? There are certain things, yes, you cannot push back because maybe you have a board meeting tomorrow or you have a client's presentation tomorrow, you cannot push back. But if those are the things like it's a minor issue and you know the deadline is one week, you please provide an alternative saying that, hey, um, I, can, uh, I have something up tonight. Um, can I just share with you um, in XXX time? Um, and, um, you know, uh, just provide an alternative. Um, and I think this, I think a lot of people in the first instance are afraid to push back. I think it's Asian culture, especially. We don't voice out what we're going through. Secondly, we don't try to push back. We always just swallow it in. So firstly, very important to communicate to your managers, um, communicate to your bosses and saying like, um, you know, if, if you need to say, you need to finish your day early because you need to cook, I need to finish at 5 p.m. But what I'll do is I'll start the day early, maybe at 7 p.m., right? So that's always that, what Steph and Sham were saying. There's always give and take, right? Of course, we cannot just expect like, okay, I will no longer open the laptop at 9 p.m., bye-bye, right? But there's a compromise that maybe start my day early or, you know, is this really uh, necessary? Can I address this tomorrow? Um, again, um, I understand that not everyone is blessed with um, like, good, like good bosses sometimes, but please understand that sometimes maybe your boss is also going through a learning phase and also trying to embrace this um, new um, you know, working culture. So do communicate. And if you feel that, you know, you can't communicate a bit more, um, then um, I think, I mean, you guys can reach out to me um, on message on Instagram or something like, like you've done A, B, C, D, E, E. What else can I do to address this situation, right? So just fight. Um, I will not say fight. Please, uh, I think just try to address it um, as best as you can um, rather than I think not having that conversation to begin with. That's very nice. Thank you so much. Could I, could I jump in? Yeah, I just yeah. wanted to jump in there. So I think uh, people are great points. I totally agree. We, as employees, we need to try and communicate too. Because you never know. Yeah, they're human. They're probably open to it. But if you know that your boss is totally, uh, you know, never going to change their mindset, this is why um, at the workplace, building networks and understanding dynamics of office politics are also important. So there might be other avenues for you to get the message across. Um, is it HR? Is it, you know, this one person who the has the boss's, you know, ear and you could perhaps get the message through to them? I think that we can also explore those sort of channels um, if, you know, there's really, it's impossible for you to go directly to the boss. Uh, so that's important. Uh, and I think the other point that Afifa made uh, when we expect, you know, flexibility on our end, right? We want to be able to work at the time that suits us and all that. Equally, we need to give back that flexibility in a sense. So we need to earn the trust from our employers too. Uh, we need to show them like, look, if there is a, perhaps there's one day where I need to work, you know, late at night and overtime and turn things around, I will do it. Um, it's not every day, right? But if I do it for that one time, I know that the boss is going to trust me. And the next time I ask for a little bit more leeway, you know, he or she's probably going to be more willing to let it go. Yeah.
Alright, thank you so much, Steph, for the additional point. So I guess really, you know, when it comes to, I know we've been asking, what are your tips on working from home and how do you manage all that? I think it boils down to one thing, which is communication. And really open conversations, open communication. So we have a few um, questions uh, from the participants. We are about, now it's 3.46. So we're actually open to Q&A. Um, from Laura Hawk. Um, she asked, she mentioned, I'm interested in how relationship dynamics shift if or when men are the full-time managers at home and women are the full-time employed workers outside their home. So now that women return home due to layoffs or working remotely, so what are your thoughts on that? Uh, open to any of the speakers to actually take this because the at-home dads might feel resentful if their wives try to then manage manage home when they're used to managing the workplace. Hmm. So I guess it's sort of like, um, usually we see males being, you know, the managers, they manage their workplace and things like that. And then there's just this, there's this very clear line that women will be the one managing homes and then um, male will be the one managing work outside. But now that because of the lockdown, everyone is merged together. So what are the speaker's thoughts on this in terms of this dynamic shift in relationship? So me, if I may um, answer that one um, and let Sham answer the question on entrepreneurs because I think that's a very important question that was highlighted because my dad before, I think he retired quite early. So I still remember he was a stay-at-home dad um, before, right? When he retired early while well, my mom was full-time working. What happened when my mom retired and, and she had cancer so therefore she had to stay at home a bit more I completely understand right because then the blur the blurring of the line divisions of responsibility have um, is is no longer there right so I think like any other relationships or and of course I don't go through this I observe my parents going through this uh, I can't lie and tell you that it's all unicorns and rainbows I did see um, I think initial adjustment um, of course, you're right. Um, when the dynamics change, when territories are blurred, responsibilities are blurred, um, I don't think there's a right answer to that, except that um, if you're going through that right now, um, where your husband is a, as a stay-at-home husband and you're full-time working or you're coming back, I think have that conversation. And I think also, as much as you want your husband to be empathetic to you, please also be empathetic to your um, husband um, as well. Um, and have that conversation um, as like maybe during when I'm at home, I can contribute to this, you know, um, um, and you can maybe just help out a bit more on these additional areas. Um, so I think, again, the key and what I'm seeing, there's a trend here from this uh, session is really to communicate um, because you don't know what the other person is thinking unless you're able to um, extract that out from them. Yes, thank you so much, Afifa. Um, I would like to pivot on another angle here, actually, and thank you, Sham, for reminding. We, um, we want to address the concern for all entrepreneurs because Sham has her own law firm. And so how are you coping with this and what are your advices to also entrepreneurs who are coping with MCO, Sham? Okay, so the first thing I did when uh, the MCO was called was I had, a, I had an office meeting, emergency meeting to, look, to do fin financial projections for six months. And so we looked at uh, what was owing, what, where our collections are and what are the new clients coming in, how much um, projections pretty much. And uh, I think everyone was on board and everyone knew what they were supposed to do. 
So it, it worked out very uh, uh, quite seamlessly for us because I think um, I'm lucky to have a team that's um, uh, uh, really uh, proactive. So work has continued as it's supposed to be. I told them there may be some, uh, I told them they don't have to worry about uh, being unemployed, that I will do whatever I can to uh, make sure that none of them lose their jobs. So I think that assurance was great for them uh, because I think in the legal industry, uh, there have been a lot of layoffs. There have been a lot of cutting of salaries. Um, so that concern was prevalent amongst a lot of young lawyers. So I told them they don't have to worry about that. I'll make sure that they get paid. Um, I think uh, post-MCO, we all, as entrepreneurs, we all need to fight the urge to lower our fees and, 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 and our charges because I think the reaction to something like this will be, okay, once I'm able to go back to work, I'm just going to uh, you know, lower my charges and offer more, whether it's services or whether it's goods or whatever it is. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to offer more for less. And I think we need to fight that urge to do that we need to learn to respond to a situation rather than to react. Um, there are many ways to be creative with your businesses. And I think the way you should do it is to relook at your business uh, strategy right now, how you're running your businesses and uh, do things like uh, collaborate with other organizations, other companies, offer different types of services, which will be more relevant to your clients or customers post MCO. Um, uh, uh, and, you know, for example, uh, speak to your clients, speak to your customers and ask them where their concerns are and how you can help. Um, so for me, I'm really lucky because my clients have been great. When the MCO was called, uh, they called me and said, look, we're having some problems, but let's rework our, uh, you know, payment, uh, payment schedule with you. So it's, again, communicating as well. I think there's a lot of communication that needs to happen. We need to reinvent our businesses. We need to reinvent the way we, uh, uh, we run our lives. You know, yeah. I think post-MCO, it's not going to be back to normal immediately. It's going to take six months. And there's going to be a lot of, we need to be more IT savvy. We need to look at digitalizing our businesses. We need to look at running uh, meetings on webinars and, you know, uh, video conferencing, for example. And so we, we, we have to be competitive in that in that sense, but please, please do not go and spoil the market by lowering your fees or your charges because you're only doing yourself a disservice by doing that because then you're putting yourself back where you were maybe five years ago and then you're going to have to rebuild your business again to reach where you are right now. So my advice is try to be a bit more creative. Do not react to this, the situation. Try and respond to it and try to be positive in the face of uncertainty. Because we have no idea what the next six months is going to look like. Yes, thank you so much, Sham. That's that's really true. I think it's it's not about reacting to to the situation, but rather sit back and just mull over all these things. We have about seven minutes left, and I think we have a question from Cindy Neil. Was it a question or more like a statement? Um. So when there's all right, so let's, does anyone else has any questions? We have about seven minutes. Was there a question about, I don't know, physical health or something? Oh yeah, yeah I saw that one, Steph. Maybe you can address that? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, physical and mental health, right? So, I mean, I think it's never been more apparent um, till all of us had to go through this, you know, global crisis. And it's just so 
unexpected, something that none of us have experienced in our lifetime. I'm not going to kid you. Um, there are days that it really gets to me. It's tough, right? It's a lethargy that kind of sets it. And I'm so lethargic because I'm just sitting or, you know, I'm doing work, but I'm just at, at my desk all the time, not leaving the house. Um, and I think especially whether you're a parent or, you know, um, have a pet or whatever it is, I think we need to be a little bit kinder to ourselves. Um, there's a real guilt that a lot of moms, especially always tend to feel. And it's just exacerbated right now. We're like, oh, we're not doing we're not helping the kids with, our, with the schoolwork. I can't focus on work. Why am I so tired? We need to be kinder to ourselves. We need to recognize the signs. Um, if, you know, um, your mental stress is uh, taking a toll on you, then give yourself permission to, you know, uh, disengage from work for a while. Um, I know you can't leave the house, but, you know, maybe you can just mentally take a break. Um, I'm a big believer in exercise. I've always um, made it a big part of my life. And so I'm trying to keep it up uh, right now. Uh, this week was bad. I didn't exercise much and I could really feel the effects, you know, uh, from not exercising. So I made sure that I did some exercise in the morning and that really helped. helped. So be kind to yourself. So recognize the signs. Give yourself permission to take care of yourself. I know some of you may not have much time. So try and carve out that little space you need it. I think even 10 minutes is good enough, in fact, actually, just to release stress. I guess I'll May, just... I, ju yeah. I just want to add one more thing to what Steph just said. I discovered this amazing app when this MCO happened. It's called Simple Mind. And okay. so it's got very... Sh so, you know, because I... Initially, you know, being being in an enclosed space, obviously, I had some anxiety issues that popped up, and <laughs> and not being in my mind as product productive as I should be. So I was introduced to Simple Minds, and uh, it basically teaches you how to do very quick uh, meditation sessions. Not really meditation, but just to calm yourself. It's like breathing techniques, and they've got very different programs on on this app, and it's for three minutes or five minutes when you wake up in the morning, just to center your thoughts. You wake up and then they lead you through a five-minute uh, breathing session, for example. So please, you know, I would really recommend uh, you going, if you need that five minutes as a mother, you've got, you know, you, you're going through a crazy day at home, you know, you've got work to be done. Sit in the bathroom, you know, sit in the tub if you have to, and just take that five minutes out of your, of your, schedule, your busy schedule to give yourself that time. Yeah, thank you so much for sharing Simple Mind. Uh, everybody can go download um, the app. All right, I will take one last question uh, before we go off. Uh, there is one question on for young students. Okay, how about young women, students who struggle with studying and also balancing life? So what are speakers' advice or thoughts on this one? So this, Maywa, um, um, hi Shaz. Um, I completely understand where you're coming from. I studied locally as well and I stayed at home back then when I was a student commuting with my hostel. Um, in UIA when I was uh, a student back then. And um, so, especially, are you in an IPTA or a university right now? I think right now when people are studying, it's a bit, uh, and I have cousins, right? They've been telling me that it's a bit more difficult to study now because they don't know the end game. They don't know whether the exams will continue, whether the semesters will start um, as usual, um, whether their professors are going to accept online courses and whatnot. There's a lot of uncertainty in universities right now, so I completely understand what you're going through. But it's good that you're putting an effort to study um, at this time. And I think studying itself is a full-time job. Don't get me wrong. Um, and, and I think the same kind of advice that Shah, myself, Stephanie has shared, like creating 
fixed schedule. Uh, if the conversations we're having is with our uh, bosses, the conversation that you can have is with your parents, right? Uh, maybe allocate three hours or two hours of this time for me to study um, so that can someone else take care of the sister, for example, you highlighted that you have a baby, sis, uh, baby little sister, right? So I think the same kind of dynamics um, also works. Um, same kind of conversation still works at home if you're with your parents. Um, so try and I think uh, adopt what you can, um, but know that uh, I think we understand that um, studying at this point in time is um, also difficult and, and I think we um, appreciate the fact that you're continuing to upskill uh, yourself during this period of time. I just wanted to add, you know, I think women, we are incredibly resilient uh, and whether you're a working mom or a student or, you know, uh, single, I wanted to share this quote by this this lady. Her name is Tina Fey. So she's a very famous American comedian. Uh, and she said, I think every working mom probably feels the same thing. You go through big chunks of time where you're just thinking, this is impossible. Oh, this is impossible. And then you just keep going and going and you sort of do the impossible. Um, I love this quote. So, you know, somehow we will just get through it. We will do make it happen. And then you realize, hey, I did it. Um, yeah. So I think we can all do it. So can I share a quote as well? I just want to share a quote before I leave Mehua. So this is a quote from Cheryl Sandberg. I have different quotes for different parts of my life, but this quote is um, important. I feel what Cheryl said when she started the call was to highlight, allow yourself time to feel. Um, I'm just going to stop there because all of us are going through motion that we don't take the time to reflect um, and feel. And as someone that I think when she said that it coincides with the first day of Ramadan, um, then it, uh, I really took the time yesterday to reflect um, what are the good things that's been happening during MCO. You know, how have I been coping mentally, physically as well? What can I do to, I think, further strengthen my relationship with my parents? Um, what do I really feel? Am I happy? Am I sad? Um, am I angry? Um, so I really structurally took the time to think about that. I usually don't. So allow yourself to take a moment to embrace what you're feeling. That's all. Thank you so much, Akifa. I think I just want to help uh, Sham to correct. It's not simple mind. It's called simple habits. Simple habits. Sorry, guys. Simple yeah. habits. Download yeah. simple habit, everybody. All right. This uh, marks the end of our conversation. The Sham also wants to share a quote since uh, Steph and <laughs> <laughs> I just want to say, I just want to say that we are going to come out of this stronger. Yeah. And I think we're going to come out of this uh, gr more grounded than, uh, than before. So it is really time for us to take a step back and reflect on how we run our lives, how we run our families, how we communicate with our, within our communities and you know, our businesses, for example. It, this MCO has really given me time that I never could afford myself before this. To just sit on my balcony with a cup of co coffee and just brainstorm and figure out where I want to be in the next five years. So, you know, see the positive in it if you can, <laughs> you know, as best as you can. And yeah, we will see one another on the other side. Yeah, we're excited to see everyone again. So to close it off, um, just want to summarize what we've discussed. Definitely does this um, trending, trending theme, which is communication, have all the open conversation be kind to yourself. Don't feel guilty. I know some mothers are probably feeling very guilty. You know, I have to manage work. And then what if today is a bad day and I didn't really take care of my kids? Don't, it's fine. You know, we are all 
we're all going through this together and it's really something very new that we're all trying to adjust. So be kind to yourself, have open conversation. Afifa has also opened up her lifeline for you to, to contact her if you have anything you want to ask and feel free to drop any messages to our Leaning Malaysia's Instagram if you have anything that you need. We're all here to support. Next week is going to be on personal financing. And so uh, feel free to also drop us some of your ideas or even issues that you think you want Lini Malaysia to address. We are very happy to see what, how we can do and also support you. Uh, give uh, our speakers a round of applause for giving, uh, spending time with us for Thank you so much for joining us and check out our Instagram page as well. We have more things lined up for you. So we hope you all have a good weekend and hope to see all of you. And I'm Nikon signing off. Thank you.